Hello and welcome to The Pulse. Later in this week's show, we look at the huge outflow of China's wealthiest people and a large percentage of the country's assets that are also going overseas. First, though, the attack on former Mingbao chief editor Kevin Lau this week has increased concerns about Hong Kong's press freedom and freedom of speech. According to his surgeons, Kevin Lau received six knife or chopper wounds on his shoulders, back and both legs. Until recently, he'd been the editor-in-chief of Ming Pao Daily for two years. During that time, the paper had highlighted such incidents as the suspicious death of Chinese dissident Li Wangyang, Hong Kong's protests against the introduction of national education, and, most recently, the denial of a license to HKTV. In January, the paper's management announced that he was being removed from his post and asked to take up the paper's online business. Even though 90% of Ming Pao's staff protested against the decision, Lau had apparently accepted it and remained low profile. He hadn't even taken part in last weekend's press freedom rally. Still, particularly coming so soon after that rally, the attack made international news headlines. There have been reports that Guangzhou media have been asked by censors to play the incident down, even though central state media have reported it. In the Dagong Pao, it was front-page news, although not in Wenwei Po. TVB's early evening Chinese news led with the budget speech. ATVs did highlight the incident. The Sun considered a legislator looking at pin-ups front-page news. The Oriental Daily News also led with the budget. But despite that, the repercussions among media workers were quickly and keenly felt. In a joint statement, the Ming Pao Staff Concern Group, the Hong Kong Journalists Association, the Independent Commentators Association and more condemned the savage attack. They said the assailants weren't just targeting the media, but also Hong Kong's rule of law. It was clear the attack was pre-planned by people who knew Mr. Lau's schedule. The incident happened near a restaurant at which he regularly took breakfast. Chief Executive Lang Zhanying visited Lau in hospital on Wednesday afternoon. Hong Kong is also a law-abiding city, and that's why we strongly condemn this savage act on Mr. Kevin Lau this morning. Hong Kong one reason journalists and others are concerned is that the police don't have much of a record when it comes to catching perpetrators of violence against the media. And there's been more of it since 1997. In 1967, commercial radio host Lam Bun was burned to death in his car after criticizing leftist violence. His attackers were never caught. In 1996, media worker and publisher Leung Tin Wai was attacked and had his lower left forearm severed. 1998, 
and outspoken radio host Albert Cheng was chopped outside commercial radio. In 2008, the mainlander was arrested and sent to prison for being involved in a plot to kill publisher Jimmy Lai and politician Martin Lee. That same year, a petrol bomb was thrown at Jimmy Lai's home. In 2012, four men invaded the offices of In Media Hong Kong and smashed computers. In 2013, my Sun Affairs magazine publisher, Jen Ping, was beaten up in the streets near his office. In June that year, a car was driven into Jimmy Lai's gate. A knife and an axe were left in the driveway. Two masked men also torched copies of Apple Daily on board a delivery truck in Hong Hong. In July, the car of the publisher of AM730, Xi Wing Ching, was attacked by two men with hammers as he was driving to work. Some are interpreting the incident as a direct attack on Hong Kong's press freedom. Many have taken up a they can't kill us all slogan. Whether that turns out to be the case or not, it does show the level of concern and threat felt by many in the media and among the public. Others suspect the attack may be more targeted than general, even if aimed at particular media work, and point out there are more likely targets among those speaking out for press freedom. To me, I think um, uh, Ming Bao has uh, participated in the international investigative uh, report on uh, uh, senior officials uh, uh, having, their, having hidden their, their treasures overseas. And I think this uh, 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 upset some people high up in the, in the hierarchy. And maybe they, they don't want to have their wealth disclosed by Ming Bao. The International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, with whom Kevin Lau had worked, on disclosing the overseas accounts of some of China's elite issued a statement. It said the organization isn't aware of any evidence linking the violence to the investigative journalism. The statement adds that the organization was proud to work with such a brave newspaper editor as Kevin Lau on such an important reporting project. Now, I want to stress this is no longer the business of the media. It is business of the Hong Kong society at large. Everyone in Hong Kong, if they treasure our way of life, if they still treasure our core values, they should stand up and, 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 say, and say a loud no to these kind of things. In the wake of that attack, many journalists are feeling that concerns expressed in last Sunday's March for Press Freedom have only been confirmed. I did not really expect it because I thought Hong Kong is more, yeah, not like the Chinese part, but 
it's completely different here, so we would never have this in Europe or in Austria, we don't have these problems. <笑>這裡有一個人他怕得很重要他平時在這裏面回家他成日覺得自己是不是有點病他很害怕於是他去看醫生有一個醫生說梁生可能你有病了他就找人堆了那個醫生跟著他看第二個醫生 又說給他梁生真的有些貼紋不是很妥當他就問他直至有一天因為他的恐懼他一方面害怕自己有病但又很害怕人家告訴他他有病於是他認為他將全香港所有醫生殺了之後他就沒有病了很多人是急於在權威
Canada and Australia, among other places. really have a joke in mainland. Everybody in Beijing uh, can become American because the, their property uh, value millions RMB, they sell the property and uh, invest American, they will become American. One or two weeks before, the Canada cut the investment admission for mainland people. But another side, you you will see the Greek, the wise minister, visited Beijing and say they welcome the mainland people invest Greek. And if you have two and a half million RMB, you will get the permanent resident. China is facing a huge brain drain, according to the Center for China and Globalization, a think tank based in Beijing. According to the CCG's report, the rich and educated elite have become the main force in the latest round of emigration. In 2012, about 6,000 mainlanders moved to the United States through the investment immigration scheme. This is believed to have triggered an exit outflow from China of close to six billion U.S. dollars, not including home purchase expenditure. Uh, mainland people the, the, face a lot of problems. For example, air, air pollution, um, uh, food security, um, even the children's education, um, the the whole society's uh, ecosystem maybe not so strong. Uh, and also, they have money. The money they want to invest, you know, different countries, maybe overseas, uh, to 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 balance the personal wealthy. So that's the maybe the reasons they they should they want to go go out. Earlier this month, Canadian Finance Minister Jim Flaherty announced that Canada was scrapping this controversial immigration investor program, which has been the world's most popular wealth migration scheme for the last 28 years. Under that system, would be migrants had to invest 1.6 million Canadian dollars in Canada and loan the Canadian government 800,000 Canadian dollars interest-free for a period of five years. Many within the country complained that the scheme significantly undervalued Canadian permanent residents. The main reason is Canada, aside from immigrants, it as one door closes, another may open. 
Wealthy Chinese are also snapping up Australian investment visas for a cost of five million Australian dollars. According to the Australian Department of Immigration and Border Protection, nine out of ten applicants for this wealthy investor scheme are from China. But with a five million dollar program, the whole basis of it is that you can invest it in things as long as it's for the benefit of Australia. Lots of requirements about that, but it, but it has to go into managed funds, as I said. Can go into private businesses,、um, certain types of insurance policy. You can, in fact, in, invest in the federal or government bonds, but the, the the flexibility of the investment, I think, is really something the government decided it wanted to give Australian business a bit of a boost. They have injected over 300 million Australian dollars into the country since the launch of the scheme a year ago. Because, as I said, they don't. There's no age limit.、Um, education, language requirements are nil,、um, and basically they don't have to stay in Australia too long to generate or earn their permanent residency. That's that's made it popular. Because 五百万嘅资产证明咧，响国内嚟讲系好多人拥有嘅。咁变咗澳洲嗰个政策咧，就睇重国内咁多人有钱。五百万嚟讲系对于佢哋嚟讲系好好好好细嘅啫。等於人民幣大概三千零萬，咁啊亦都冇年齡限制，亦都唔需要英文，咁俾政府買嗰啲政府債券啊、基金啊，咁就好快脆批落嚟啦。咁俾其他嘅又唔需要話要去誒點講啊？誒、呃、要做生意啊，咁又或者係要坐移民監好耐啊，咁只不過五百萬呢度咧係每一年住四十日。大部分嘅客人咧，其實佢哋喺申請移民去其他國家嘅同時，其實可能佢哋都會想繼續保留翻佢國內嘅身份，因為始終誒揾、呃、錢嘅機會始終都喺國內比較多啲。咁變咗可能佢哋會暫時以澳洲為例子啦，可能誒佢哋申請移民咗喺澳洲，咁可能、呃、保留一個永久居民嘅身份，但係同時間佢國內嘅身份依然都係持有嘅。Actually, they don't like to live a long time there. They need the house. They want to buy the house. They want to the children be educated there, and they want the passport. You know, that's the point. Passport for security.、Uh, no, for convenient travel. Convenient. China passport、uh, is not so convenient. Every country, or most country, you need、uh, applying for visa. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we、uh, we we go to、uh, Singapore.、Uh, Uh, Japan, Korean,、uh, not say Europe,、uh, American. We need applying visa and need weeks of、uh, waiting. Some wealthy immigrants may even have two or three passports for convenience and security while doing business between China and overseas. Mainland immigration to Hong Kong through investment has also increased about 40 percent from 2012 to 2013, rising from 6,500 to about 9,000. This may involve purchasing citizenship from a third country, such as Vanuatu or Gambia, before coming here, and more looking to Europe. Investor migration schemes have now been launched in many European countries, including Spain, Portugal, France, Greece, and Cyprus. 
buying a property for around 500,000 euro is enough for many to become qualified migrants, and the trend is likely to stay. 嚟緊都係一個我自己覺得一個新興嘅趨勢，就係話因為買樓咧一個實實在在嘅資產咧，好多人中國人都比較中意嘅。咁而順帶亦都可以攞到當地嘅居居住身份啦。咁亦都我相信會幾受歡迎。Well, we won't have emigrated by next week, as ever. Don't forget that if you've missed part of the show, want to see more, or are keen to see it again, you can always go to the Pulse page on the RTHK website. And you can download podcasts to watch any place or at any time of the day. Also, if you want to chat to us or tell us what you think, go to our Facebook page, RTHK's The Pulse. We'll leave you with some images from this week's riveting budget speech. See you at the same time next week. Until then, goodbye. The best things in life are free. But you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. Such a thrill, but your love won't pay my bills. I want.